I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to our weekly podcast, Cutting View, the Isle of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening free to the first half on Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via Apple or become a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Or follow the show, the podcast on Twitter at Current View or on Facebook, The Current View, or join in the conversation in our group, which carries the same name, The Current View. Over 620 um, members in our group now, TC, so thank you all for your support. It's greatly appreciated, and we're going to be giving away a mug in the new year as well to the person that posts the most, interacts the most, and shares the most. So we're uh, looking forward to that, TC. Looking forward to the podcast tonight. We missed one last week. Magic Moments, what have you sourced for us? That Conor, Gall- uh, Conor uh, Gallagher at uh, Crystal Palace's second goal. Brilliant. But but again, there's that many De Bruyne's last night. You know, you could go on and on with them, couldn't you? But I'm going to go, you know, it's not a fashionable club, but the, the boy's doing really, really well. And I thought it was a sublime finish. He looked up, perfect ball. He got it out of his feet well and bang, right in the top corner. No goalkeeper would have saved that. So that's my magic moment, Gabby. I don't think Captain America would have saved that if he was in goal, would he, too? So, so many magic moments. I've got to say. There's many, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, you could go on. and I mean, we're, we're always picking goals and everything else. Like yeah. I've seen some magnificent saves and all on top of it. Exactly, and that's where you I'm know, going. It's, it's unreal, you know. I mean, the, the, the great thing about all this is that the technology now we are seeing, magic moments in a sense where where we started off with magic moments where what would be someone doing a big piece of skill. Yeah. I know we finished with on to go. Well, I have finished with on to goals like, you know, um, Fulham, uh, not Fulham's, uh, Bournemouth's goal. Kick off from the, from the start. It's that many. It's unreal. So I've gone with, with, with Conor Gallagher because obviously they were an unfashionable club, but it's not just that. The goal itself, nobody would have saved that. I I, uh, posted straight away, that's my magic moment. And it was when Conor Gallagher scored that goal. I think he's had a tremendous season. Um, we're going to be talking about the uh, the draw that that we've had, the Nations League draw, uh, in a short while. TC, great draw for me. I want your opinion on it. Hopefully, Colin, Conor Gallagher will be in that squad because if there's any player that deserves a second cap, it's certainly Conor Gallagher. Well, I, I agree with you on that, but I've not seen the draw because obviously I've been running up and down with Jack yeah. being not particularly well and taking the lad to, to hospital last night because he weren't particularly yeah. well. Uh, but I thought when you said the one about the draw, I thought you were on about the Champions League draw. What about that one? But you know, <laughs> We're going to be we'll, talking we'll, about we'll that shortly as well. 
But my magic moment as well, because we did mention, or you did mention in the last podcast, that we uh, we don't mention saves. And I was uh, at Villa Park watching Leicester City when they come to town, and Emmy Martinez's save from Harvey Barnes was just the way it was delicious, wasn't it? What a save and what a keeper he looks. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean. If I'm honest, I mean, I, I'm like you are, like Dean Smith, but they do look a different team under under Gerrard, don't they? And I know it's yeah. indoors, you yeah. know. You know, I, I hope we're not jumping gun on it because I, there's nobody wants an English uh, manager to be more successful. I mean, Gerrard will fit will fit the app, won't it? When you yeah. when you look at it, because he's got he's got all that everything what goes with it. Wooden major honours, play for a big club. Uh, Whereas the boy at Brighton, Potter, who I always tell everyone who I thought would be would be a top manager, uh, whether he gets that chance because obviously he's never managed it to the highest level players. Yeah. Where Jeb has played played with him, so you know that it's a great thing that uh, Jeb looking really really good at, at Villa, uh, and let's hope he can keep this up and he can go on to the next level. Absolutely, or take Villa to the next level because I firmly believe he can do. I've always said that Villa are top eight, top six looking upwards. They've got great owners, tremendous backing. Villa are a team that are on the cusp. And Jacob Ramsey, big shout for Jacob when he scored that goal against Norwich the other night. Fantastic run, got the ball just inside the Norwich half. And it was almost as though, I said to Tom, Tom went to Carrow Road. I said it was almost as though he, he got no support and he just thought, well, do you know what? I've got nothing on. Exactly. And he did. And what a goal. I felt it was a great goal, but I felt sorry for for, for Dean Smith. He couldn't have had, he couldn't have he couldn't have come up a worse time for me because it's only straight after yeah. he's been sacked sacked at Villa. Mm. You know, uh, the other good thing about uh, Gerard, you know, for me, uh, is that the guy who used to be at Liverpool will be a big help to him and give him the backing he needs. Um, oh yeah, 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 Christian Perslow. Perslow. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that'll be a big plus for him. But going back to the goal. Right, sometimes, you know, maybe Gerard's giving that uh, confidence and say, right, look, take a, take a shot. Don't don't worry about it if you make a mistake. Learn from your mistakes. Good managers will say to players, you know, do not worry about making a mistake, right? But try not try not to make them if you can. But if you're going on a run, you're going to have a shot. What's the worst thing that can happen? The ball ends up in a supporter's arms, <laughs> you know, instead of in the back of the net. But again, what a strike! Messi do it, we see Ronaldo do it. Absolutely, but you're right. If you don't, if you don't buy the tickets, as I say, you don't win the lottery. Absolutely, TC. But. I think probably the most magic moment that I've seen over the last couple of weeks was Madison's pass against Newcastle. I mean, oh my God. But you see some great passes, you know, Gabby, don't you? Oh, you do. But Madison's, that was just, it was delightful, wasn't it? And he, and he scored a goal. I mean, he had a goal and in every goal against Newcastle. I've got to say, they're going to be kicking off against Liverpool. I thought that... Um, uh, the boy, who's the new Newcastle manager now, the lad that was at, at Bournemouth? Ow. Ow. Sorry? Eddie Ow. Eddie Ow, that's the fella. I thought he would have spent his preparation going round bins in Newcastle to see if there was any uh, positive COVID tests that, that he could get and throw a few into the, uh, to the Premier League. Because if there's one game he didn't want tonight, it's Liverpool, isn't it? Well, I look at it like two ways, me, with that. Yep. Get it out of the way. Yeah. I mean, yep. I'd play. I'd play a different way 
at the same time, I want to try and win the game because, like anything else, if you don't take the chance, you, you know, um, then you finish up with no points anyway. I get that, but yeah. You could finish with three points or, or a draw. Mm. Defend, defend, you're not good enough to, to defend. Not at the you've moment. It's got to get through into um, You've got to get through to the players' understanding when they haven't got the ball. Mm-hmm. How important it is, and you can see players what heads drop if things are not going right. That's what makes a good manager. Mm. You know, I like, I like, I like him, but it's like all else. You know, to go and manage a top team like Newcastle, yeah, you're going to manage, you know, the elite league players. I don't. That, that's that was the only doubt I had. We had the owl. Yeah. Man, I, I, I know what the dressing room's like. I've yeah. been in there with Charlie George's, you know, mm. uh, and your Colin Todd's and your Roy McFarlane's, your Lavi Lloyd's, your Peter Reed's, your Kenny Burns. You know, mm. I've been in there. I've seen it. You know, and when I say, you know, it's not though they're criticising the manager. No, they're not. They will say we, we don't think that's right. Now a good manager, yeah. even Cluffy. I mean, you've been it a million times where Cluffy said right. I listen to him for 20 minutes <laughs> and then I tell him uh, that I'm the manager, that I'm always right. Mm. You know, and that's what makes a great manager. He, he can see what, what's going what's gonna to happen and try and stop it before it happens. Yeah. Eddie Howe, has he got that, uh, not experience, has yeah. he got that knowledge to be able to get round that with the big name players? Yeah, I agree. I'm not convinced. But my, my angle on that is that if he gets games called off now, because I think tonight he's playing Liverpool, chances of Liverpool uh, winning there, uh, beating Liverpool for Newcastle tonight, I would say you get better odds on a Shetland pony winning the Grand National. Yeah, I get all that. But but if he plays them, if he plays plays them too, see, when he's got some dough to spend after January in the new year, it's a different, it, it looks a different proposition. Yeah, but it all depends on, it all depends on. I mean, fetching players into Bournemouth, Newcastle, fetching yeah. players into Newcastle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. But we, you know, we need to know who the um, director of football is, who's going to be bringing those players in. Mm. What I was going to say about the game. Yeah. I'm not saying you know teams like Liverpool don't take off it. No, they don't. They can have an off game if he plays a week. Yeah. And Newcastle play above themselves. It's better to get this game out of the way than have it with a more pressurised scenario later on down the line. Yeah. That's how I would look. Mm. Oh, well, he's, yeah, he's got to play. And uh, Man City uh, the other night, absolute fantastic against Leeds, weren't they? I was watching well, the Villa game and I, and I kept turning it over when there was a break in play. Every time I turned it over, Man City scored. <laughs> Excuse me. What, what I'm going to say about all that is when you, when you look at it all, they're the new Barcelona, aren't they? Oh, definitely. You know, I hear everybody screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming, and I'll keep repeating it, screaming and screaming, that Manchester City need a centre-forward. They wouldn't necessarily win the, uh, the Champions League with a centre-forward. Mm. What Manchester City don't do, and they will not do, is throw the ball into the box for sake of throwing it into the box. Yeah. For, for the defenders to edit clear, mm. or for the goalkeeper to come and catch it, uh, and then set up an account attack because what Manchester City do, and we all know what they do, they push up, they push forward, yeah, and they overcommit, and they do get caught on the on the uh, counter attack. Yeah. So he will not play that way. He will not play that way just for throwing a, you know, if he if he got another Aguero, then be a different different ball game. Yeah. But he will not. He will not buy players, you know, like Kane for sake of doing it. 
No. I mean, he wouldn't buy an old-fashioned central striker and lump the ball up for him because that ain't the way that he plays football. But you're spot on. If there was another Sergio Aguero out there, uh, that's the kind of player he'd be looking to buy and bring in. That player that's absolutely deadly in the box because that's, yep. you know... If, if there is a criticism of City, in certain tight games that, that we've watched, they do sometimes tend to overplay it. Whereas, like, when you've got Aguero, it's like, bang out your feet, it's in the back of the net. It, it, yep. it, you know, it is just a natural instinct for a player of Aguero's uh, ability. And sad news that he's had to retire TC. So, uh, thanks, yeah. Sergio, for the memories. Uh, you'll never be forgetting, forgotten in England or, or anywhere in, in world football, for that matter. Book Corner TC in association with myfootballbooks.com. Uh, um, you've read the book from Michael Grimes, From Saints to Druids. How did you view that book when you finally read it? Well, it, it, it's fascinating. My, yeah. Michael bought my book, you know, and I try and buy, you know, other, not because he bought mine, but I try and buy other people's books. I'm going to buy um, Roy uh, McDonald, I think, uh, ex-Colchester player. He, he's got a book out and I'm going to I'm going to buy that one. Yeah. Uh, how we, how we come, how we come about? We got talking on uh, on Facebook. Anyway, I finished. Send me. I bought the book, and it's it's a fascinating book. Yeah. Fascinating because it's about Welsh football. Mm. Now, and it, it starts like because he's a West Ham supporter. How, how does how does he write a book about a non-league uh, Wales Welsh football t- uh, teams? You know, uh, but it's not only just that. He, he writes about supermarkets, what's been built on the, the old grounds and everything, and the history of 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 Wales. It's, but it's a fascinating book. Uh, for any uh, anorak of, of football, and it is. It's, I, I mean, I, I found it, you know, because I'm I'm more for a higher level of football. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it was a, it was a brilliant read. It was a brilliant read. You you'd enjoy it, Gabby. You'd definitely enjoy it. When I looked at the title, Saints to Druids, I thought it was about Southampton. Yeah. Well, when I first saw it at first, I did, mm. and then I didn't realise it was a West Ham fan. Yeah. You know, he's a big West Ham fan, uh, and and then he just um, he decided to, to to go and do all the the games in uh, in Wales, and then obviously the monuments and the history of Wales. Mm. He, he put that into the book and everything. It's a brilliant, brilliant read. You'd enjoy it, Gabby. I'd definitely enjoy it. I tell you what, TC, if I could actually read a book, I'd probably buy that and read it. But you know what I'm like with books. I've got that many different books. Um, and, and one of these days, I'm going to sit down and read a few of them. Uh, but first and foremostly, um, last week, because we didn't do the podcast last week, so there's a little bit of older stuff with the newer stuff. It's, it's a mix together of uh, last week's and this week's podcast. But uh, Andy from uh, myfootballbooks.com sent us origin stories where you're talking about, Michael's wrote that about Wales and the history of Welsh football. This is from Chris Lee, who does a wonderful blog and podcast, Outside Right. And it's the pioneers who took football to the world. And he literally goes through every continent, every country, country um, that's put their stamp on the game of football and it's in a wonderful little book and the cover we we actually talked about it on the uh, book corner podcast that I've just done with Andy and it's wonderful colours of, of the uh, the cover of the book and it's a football an old brown caser with 
a map of the world on it. The way they've done it, it's great. So, origin stories, the pioneers who took football to the world by Chris Lee is the recommendation from Andy from My Football Books this week. I've got to say, I had a great night with uh, the Villa boys again at... Um, at the Britannia, oh, yes. yeah, the Britannia yeah, Sports Bar, Wollaston. Two weeks ago, yeah. Ah, some wonderful stories. And Tony Morley is an absolute legend. What we're going to do at the end of the podcast, we're going to go out with the tales that Mavericks tell. And uh, in this week's episode, it's Alan Hudson's story about Davy Jones from the Monkeys, and it's an absolute belter. Next week, I'm going to have one from Tony Morley. It may be the one when he made his debut with Mike Summerbeat, and it's an absolute belter. But tremendous to be in the company of such legends. And again, pioneers, pioneers of West Midlands football that conquered Europe in 1982, which leads me nicely on to the next book from Legends Publishing. David Lane was there, and it was great to see David. It was great to see Colin Abbott, who's wrote this book. We've been Facebook friends for some time, so I went up and I gave him a cuddle. It's Barton's Army conquering Europe with Aston Villa. And the front of the cover is, do you remember, like, Dad's Army? Yes. It used to come up. It's like that, and it's got the mm-hmm. badges of all the Villa teams that they played. And listening to the boys retelling those stories and I've done podcasts with Dennis when Dennis has gone through the whole of that European tour but in Barton's army uh, Collins captured the memories of supporters in this wonderful all of Legends publishing books are like works of art they're not just books they're fantastic so uh, check that one out guys Barton's army I mean what a, what a shock that was wasn't it before the quarter final of the European Cup Ron Saunders Ron. decided to to leave Tony Barton took over and not only did he leave he went to manage Birmingham City I know it was unreal when you think about it but yeah it, it felt great for, for, for Tony Barton yeah but yeah it just shows you what a great bunch of lads they were. Yes. Technically, I mean, when you look at when you look at those players, technically, absolutely, some fabulous players weren't they there? Yeah. And depicted what they played on. I mean, I'm not. I don't like to compare players from yesteryear to today, but the English players are where we've fallen by the wayside. Yeah. When you look at some of those players, not just there at Villa Forest and everywhere else, you, the world. If if they've had the coaching, what they're getting now, and have the respect like some managers uh, give give these players today, you know, I think we 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 would have would have we would have won a couple of major honours at the international level. I think the problem is, TC, at international level, we didn't pick the players that were so prevalent in winning honours for, for their club sides, and you know, I don't know that... if you watched Glenn Oddle's thing the other night. No, I didn't, but Glenn was another player who didn't get well, picked well, like he Glenn, should have. Glenn, Glenn said exactly what you said. These players, mm. there were loads of players what didn't get picked, technical players didn't get picked, the managers, you know, yeah. uh, either didn't fancy him or didn't trust them. Yeah. You know, uh, and it, it's a brilliant watch, you know. It's a brilliant watch. I mean, Glenn Oddle, for whatever player he was, and I liked him, as much as anyone mm. disappointed me what he did with Gaza and with Matt Letizia. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, but watching that, he's like what he's saying, but he did the when he became the national manager, he did the same thing. No, no. And and, and that's why lots yeah, lots of people, you know, when, when Glenn talks about 
playing and, and what he received, the treatment he received as a player, you go, yeah, OK. But then when he went to manage England, he'd done exactly the same as what they did to him, which is yeah. quite absurd, really. You think, well, how did that happen? I don't know. Honestly, you know, Puffy, which Puffy's been the manager, and I know he's yeah. let players go and what they call it. We had Stan Bowles and Charlie, but they were end of the career. Yes. Right? Just imagine if Puffy had been manager, having to pick all that quality of players, Alan Clark, Malcolm McDonald, Frank Worthing, you know, he'd have got that right, yeah. strikers-wise. And then, you, you know, your, your wide men, your midfield players, you know, your Hudson, Stan, Sam Bowles and uh, Curries. There's hundreds of them. He, he would have done really, really... He'd have fetched us to the forefront of... He certainly would, and Cluffy should have got the job uh, in the 70s when, when Don Reavy uh, took over. And, and then, again... Uh, Cluffy, when Ron Greenwood took over as England manager, Cluffy could have took over again. And then again, when we had a change of manager, Cluffy could have again. I think there was talk about with with Bobby Robson when he had a, a terrible time. People forget this. In 86, OK, we, we, I don't, we I don't done OK. Yeah, but in 88, we, we didn't win a game in that European tournament. And, and there were, the papers were absolutely hammering Bobby Robson. Well, you and, remember uh, Graham Turner when they put the tourney pad with him, didn't they? Absolutely, yeah. They did the same thing with, with Bobby Robson, but I can't remember what it was. No, I can't, but they certainly uh, were they having a the go. Same, they definitely did the same thing with, with the vegetable type of thing. It yeah. Was, it was, what I don't, I mean... Whether they're good, bad, or indifferent managers, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. No, it's too yeah, personal. Yeah, certain managers that you know they're not good enough or whatever. Yeah. Because their opinion, and I get yeah. that. But once you start doing, I mean, I weren't a big lover of Graham Taylor, but yeah. you know, when you're writing, you know, cabbage head and turnip head and all that type of yeah. thing, you know, I'm not, I'm not into all that. Well, they've done the same with um, Sven Goran Eriksson being a Swede. They yeah. put his face on a Swede, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But but Cluffy, there was talk about Cluffy going in in 1988, managing England. So all through his managerial career, there was always talk and speculation that Brian was going to go in as England manager. And it's a shame that he didn't, because I think that, that if Cluffy had of, I think that, that we would have won things at international level because we definitely conquered uh, football at club level. But as Alan Hudson says to me, yeah, but Paul, there was a lot of Scottish players in there as well, not just English players, let's not forget. So, you know, fair point, Udi. Um, and Oh, yeah, there were, listen, there was a lot of, a lot of uh, top English, uh, Scottish players. A Absolutely. lot of top Scottish yeah. players, make no mistake on that. Mm. And the Scotch made better managers than English. They did by and large, didn't they? You know, so I will always have, I'll always have respect for Scotland. I mean, it's not that I don't disrespect them now. They're just not up to it at this moment in time. But, I mean, Clark's got them playing a little bit better than they have been doing. But they, they, they don't have the players what they used to have or they're not producing the players what they used to have. Yeah. Have you seen the film uh, The Three Kings? Busby, no, Shankly yet. and Steen. Well, you're going to be talking to uh, Johnny Owen on on Sunday because you're on Talk Sport uh, this Sunday. I've just been messaging him and uh, you're definitely on between 9 and 11. His latest venture was, uh, was The Three Kings, lovely DVD and a book written by uh, his mate Leo Monahan. Fantastic looking at Busby, Shankly and Jock Steen. 
all three come from mining stock and uh, a wonderful project johnny does some great things in fact it was johnny that done i believe in miracles that yes. as as collins doing there with barton's army johnny looked at uh, nottingham forest and brian clough and and how they went from as you was playing there first division to European champions, it's, you know, it is the stuff of dreams. And it does make me laugh when people say the greatest feat in English football was when Leicester won the Premier League. Do me a favour. It's Nottingham Forest by distance. But, but by a distance. By a and distance. No mistake, by a distance. Absolutely. No. And, and what, I, sorry TC, go on. I, I have to, what I will say and all, I would have to put uh, Ferguson up there with, with his achievement, what he did at, at Aberdeen. Because don't forget, yeah. I, I know it weren't the European Cup, but to win it, because uh, uh, it was a big thing to win in those days, the Cup Winners' Cup. Mm. We had a little Aberdeen, you know. But obviously, I mean, you've got to, Cluffy does stand out miles on on that front in, in English English uh, preferences, you know. But to make no mistake, that would have been a big achievement for Ferguson, we Aberdeen. And all. Absolutely. And another couple of books, TC, that I was given, um, I was given Barton's Army by uh, by David Lane of Legends Publishing. Tottenham's Three Lions for Club and Country by John Chambers. Another beautiful book. It's these they're like coffee table books. The paper in them is fantastic. Absolute class. They're works of art. Anything that Legends do, David Lane does. They have just got quality written through them. So it's every Tottenham player that's played for uh, for England. And uh, in there is Steve Perryman. And I do want to give a quick mention for Steve Perryman's book, uh, A Spur Forever, My Lily White, Blue and Life. And the foreword was by Glenn Hoddle. So uh, again, a really heavy book, loads of pages and a picture of Steve uh, leading Tottenham out. I'd probably say sometime in the 70s looking at that Spurs kit. But again, what a team, what a player and what yeah. a book. And I love listening to Steve uh, Perryman's podcast as well. Quite They're funny, a great though, you know, got, a, got a dry sense of humour. Oh, he's fantastic. He's the coolest podcaster on the planet. I mean, he's just so cool. He just sits there and he's like, all right, come on, let's go then. What, what we got this week? And he don't, but he, he does the podcast just as he played, doesn't he? You know, he yeah. don't, he don't flap, he don't do nothing. He just like, uh, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do I mean, it. he was a, he was a very good player with Steve Perryman. Tremendous. But he'll tell you himself. You know, he was in awe of Oddle when he was playing with him. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You yeah. Know, I mean, I remember the same thing when I went to Derby. Watching Charlie George and I'm thinking, Jesus, well, this what a player! This I mean, I always knew he was a great player when he was at Arsenal. Yeah. You know, and I remember I never forget the celebration when he scored that goal. Yeah, seventy-one. And, um, and um, he laid on the floor. But so playing with him, playing with him at um, at Derby, I can see why 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 Steve Perryman says that about Oddle because. Mm. Same thing with Charlie George. I used to watch it. And players used to say to me, how did you do that? Yeah. You know, but Charlie got, he used to whistle at the ball. And make it, he'd put some spin on it and he'd start whistling as though it were a dog. <laughs> and the ball would spin back to him. Absolutely brilliant. It was it was just a genius. And there's players like that that were just geniuses. Or he said to me the first time he played against um, Charlie was when um, Charlie was playing for North Islington. Uh, schoolboys and uh, and Al played against him at Ibury. 
He said he hit a shot from God knows how far back and he hit the crossbar and he thought, hi, hi, <laughs> this kid's different gravy, oh yeah. And finally, while we're in book corner, I want to give a big mention to the big Manchester United book of the 70s, written by my pal, good pal, Roy Cavana and, uh, and Carl Abbott. Again, another piece of art, lovely coffee table book looking at all the games that Manchester United played in the 70s and I've just recorded a podcast with Roy, it's a book corner, extra time because it was my author of the month in the podcast with Andy and instead of just giving him 10 minutes I want to talk to him in length about Manchester United and more in depth it wasn't just the 70s we do go off on a tangent and talk about all that's Manchester United and his knowledge is incredible so it was uh, a wonderful little podcast that we've done it is out now as is the latest My Life My Music uh, with Alan Hudson as well so it's been a busy week and that just about uh, finishes our book corner TC but we did talk about Tottenham's three lions and our three lions now we're in the group with Italy Germany and Hungary well it's a cage you want because Hungary showed a little bit of form uh, yeah. th- this past uh, tournament Italy is always difficult to beat always damned hard and Germany well I think we've only got well, we've got one of the most important ones over Germany when we won the World Cup. Mm. They always seem to be our bogey team, don't they? You know, in major tournaments is Germany. So that won't be easy, you know. It's the first time he's had a dad drop. That was the first time in 1970 that Germany had beaten us in uh, competitive competitions. Yeah, but we we always found it difficult playing against them. We, we certainly have done recently, yeah. Since yeah. 1970, they knocked us out the 70 World Cup. Germany yeah. have always... I mean, that uh, Nations League, we played them in the Nations League. Uh, I mean, when they, when they, when they knocked us out of the World Cup, we were, we were 2-0 up. Yeah, I know. In the 70, in the 70, uh, 70 World Cup. Took off Bobby Charlton, didn't I? But, but, yeah, but, you know, to save Bobby Charlton. Mm. I mean, I don't think Bobby were happy about it because I've read where Bobby had said yeah. they weren't happy with it. You know, it's, it, it felt fresh. We don't, we'll never know whether that would have that caused it or not, but at the end of the day... To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media or just follow the links in the description. Thank you.